Um, let's see here. I'm getting a thumbs up. He's ready to roll. Um, what's up, man? Hey, man. You look good. Uh, you look good. You look better than you looked last week. <laughs> I feel uh, we had a couple comments last week about how, how you looked You looked totally fine, and, and then it was like Ben definitely looks like he's not feeling great. <laughs> oh, you're you're two or three days behind me. With this I was, I was a little bit behind behind you, and – uh, but man, you, you handled it, um, like a, like a champ and, and I will say you, um, you were, you were, you, you played doctor and you played dad, uh, the, the whole week with me. And, and I certainly appreciate that. Um, you know, I had to I, play patient too, you know, and you played, I was a patient, I was a patient but, and you played, uh, uh, your own patient, which I'm glad we went through that together. You know, we learned a lot and, um, like I've always said, I would never do anything to one of my patients that I wouldn't do to myself, and that turned out to be true. So um, I hope this helps a lot of people. You know, if you looked at our podcast today or our note, you know, I kind of outlined a little bit about what uh, we went through, and of course, it was very mild. And um, I don't think I've had a cold or anything in a, in decades. I literally haven't had anything, not even a sore throat. And, at least 10 years or probably more. And, you know, because of it was COVID, you know, you had to miss the whole week of work. Although I did work by telemedicine every day. So, you know, it didn't limit me there, but um, it was a really interesting experience. I'm very glad that I got it and got it over with. Um, I kept thinking, why haven't I had this thing yet when everybody else around me has had it and, you know, certainly been exposed to it multiple times. And, so we learned a lot and you know the thing the lessons that i learned is you know don't fear covid for one thing um, you should not fear it but you should respect it and be prepared for it you know and of course i was because uh, this is kind of what i do anyway but certainly you know when it hits other family members you know you want to make sure that they don't take a downward turn and the big lesson to me is is recognize when you have it and treat early mm -hmm. and you know it'll really turn out well and in the end um the people that don't do well with covid have usually have a lot of pre-existing and i keep preaching that for the last two years and it's certainly true that if your immune system is healthy and you're lean and you're rested and you're exercising and you've got your hormones tuned up and you take all the vitamins that you need, then you have nothing to fear um, from COVID. And that's be, be, becoming more and more true now that this Omicron variant is out there. And maybe we'll have some questions on that. I hope so. Um, because we want to see this thing, you know, we want, viruses mutate. And the more they mutate, the less virulent they get. So we're, we're happy that this Omicron, that they're just trying to, scare the bejesus out of you is here because it's less potent than delta for sure delta is less potent than alpha and this is what viruses do so um you know the viruses want to survive so if they kill the host then they don't survive so the more mutations you have the, the less virulent they become less lethal and it turns into a mild flu-like or cold illness what, which is what it was for us um, of course, I want to respect COVID because it, you know, it's killed a lot of people 
and uh, certainly untreated, um, you can really go downhill. And there's outliers from that. Even people that were treated can sometimes go down the tubes um, unexplained, but that's rare. And, you know, it, it seems like there's a lot of fear mongering again with this new variant coming out, which is a lot milder and hopefully will overtake all the Delta and, and supplant it and uh, so that we'll develop some of this herd immunity. And, you know, I have a feeling that we're never going to be rid of this. It's just going to turn into a seasonal flu-like thing. And, you know, unfortunately, they're just pushing the wrong rhetoric and uh, promoting fear. And uh, but it's, it's just really interesting what's happening now with our country. Um, you know, as you know, the mayor of New York yesterday came out with the boldest measures ever. He's going to require everybody to get the jab, you know, in New York. So small businesses, everybody, which he won't get through. I mean, these, as I predicted, these vaccine mandates are not going to work. They're not going through. They're not going to be enforced. They're illegal. They're wrong. They're not working. And so he's four days before he leaves offices, he's going to come out with the most restrictive things in the history of COVID in New York City, where I think 92% of people are already vaccinated. And um, so he wants the ones that haven't to become vaccinated. So it will kill off all the small businesses, I guess, uh, when they, everybody knows the vaccine does not prevent transmission or prevents you from getting the disease. They say it prevents you from dying, but that's not really the case either. It, you know, it, it may help. It may help a little bit prevent serious illnesses, but believe me, the hospitals up north and even here are full of people that are fully vaxxed. So, you know, it, it's it's really crazy what's going on. And another thing I saw on the news today, the Tennessee Medical Association sent a notice out, and it said uh, Vanderbilt University is under it's undergoing a new trial study on uh ivermectin curing covid so it's a little late for that isn't it i mean <laughs> we've known that for you know how many years now so but vanderbilt the esteemed university here in tennessee is going to undergo a huge trial studying ivermectin and covid so they must think it works which indeed it does so certainly the early treatment of ivermectin is, um, is certainly one of the things that we did. And I think it helped greatly, along with monoclonal antibodies. I mean, we're coming out with better treatments. I wish they'd get a better jab. Unfortunately, this, this vaccine is just not being very effective at all. Uh, and why they keep pushing it only, you know, only God knows that. But it just mystifies me. Anybody with any common sense can see that it's not working. It's not preventing transmission. We've got more COVID now than ever. Um, and hopefully less people are, are going to die from it. But I think the emphasis needs to be on maybe finding a better vaccine, something totally different, one that actually works and prevents transmission. And, you know, newer effective treatments like I got the monoclonal antibodies, and I really think that helped me a lot. Um, you know, it, it may have been my, why my case was a little milder than even your case been you know you don't you didn't qualify for the monoclonals yeah but I did because of my age so um, you know I, I'm hopeful 
you know, I'm, I'm skeptical about believing the media on about anything you hear. But, you know, when you're in the, in the grassroots of this thing, you're seeing and talking to people every day with COVID, and you're treating masses of people with this, you'll know that it's something that's treatable. It's not to be feared. It's to be respected and to be prepared for. Um, certainly, it, your immune system should be able to handle this. And I think that'll be more true as time goes on with the, the different variants and the weakening of this virus. But we can't shut down everything. As a matter of fact, that's the worst thing you can do because all these other comorbidities like drug overdoses and suicides and ignoring your heart disease and your cancer checks and, you know, um, the, the financial ruin that it's, that it's doing. Uh, so we need, you know, our country and the world needs to come out of this and, um, you know, use some common sense uh, with what's going on. So I'm kind of hopeful that things may be changing a little bit. So uh, more and more people come into my office every day as a new patient's just, you know, outraged and, and they just can't believe what's going on with this virus in our, in our country right now and even in the world. Some of these other countries are acting just more insane than we are, uh, you know, with the total lockdowns and all this. So, um, so anyway, um, you know, get you, you want that innate immunity, get your antibodies checked. And, and we actually, um, we, we have a, we have a few questions about that that came out, uh, during the, during the week about antibodies in particular. We had a, a I think, a, a question that I think a lot of people are thinking about in terms of traveling. What do I need to travel with? What, what should I do if I, you know, test positive on the road? So we're going to get to all of those, all those. I see people um, sharing this in the comments. We really appreciate that. Uh, share it with a friend. Uh, we're going to get to health and wellness questions uh, tonight, uh, and we're going to get to the comments. Uh, Alice, good to see you. Rachel, over from our Johnson City office, great to see you. Um, we're going to, Molly, how's it going? How's it going? Eddie, so glad to see everybody here. Uh, we're going to get uh, to some questions here. And, uh, and this is actually, we're going to start with an antibody uh, question. Post-COVID three months had antibodies checked and number was 108. What does that actually mean? And the second part of that, is that a good number? I've not had any vaccinations for COVID, just natural infection. Okay. Well, that's what you want is natural immunity for sure. You know, 108 is not a bad number. You know, I saw a couple fives today. I've seen a 2,000. Um, I think a lot of it depends on... Um, that's the tighter that, you know, the higher, apparently the more, uh, immunity that you have. But again, that, that's a, that's something that will fade as time goes on. But we know that these memory T cells are going in and hiding in your bone marrow and they will react if exposed to COVID again. So, um, you know, that's a good number. So, you know, I, I think the people that had really severe cases may, mount a greater antibody response but i mean any antibody response is good and um so that's a good number so okay. um, you know you might might want to keep checking it but really you don't really need to it's an academic exercise uh, for somebody that's already had a positive number and they know they had covid um so it's just something that um you know is uh a number, but that's, that's a good number. So you can kind of relax a little bit. I mean, everybody still needs to wash their hands and, 
you know, if you're sick and you're coughing all over everybody, you know, then you should stay away from people. Maybe wear a mask if you have to be around somebody you think uh, you may, uh, may catch it from you because it's certainly any virus or bacterial can be contagious, of course. But, um, and before I go on, thank you for all your, your thoughts and prayers. We got a lot of, Ben and I got a lot of, of good notes last week and it was certainly appreciated and it certainly helps, you know, when you know does. people are thinking about you and praying for you. Um, that really is, uh, what heals us all. So, um, um yeah, and, and th- thank you for saying that. Um, it, it, one thing, I, I just want to put this up here from Nola because I'm, it's it's regarding antibodies. Uh, yeah. She asked, isn't a T-cell test better than an antibody test? Is that correct? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You can get a T-cell test from LabCorp. Um, you know, our Quest lab doesn't do it, but you can certainly get a T-cell test from LabCorp. I've seen a few people that brought them in, and that's certainly a, a good test. That's going to uh, show titers much longer than, than the B cell. Uh, so, the, so it is a better test? Yeah, I think it's, I think so. Yeah. Um, and, but, and Dr. Uh, yeah, you can is asking yeah. if, if, if they can get, uh, yes. the antibody test in the office. Yeah, Rick, I'm glad you're feeling great. Um, but yes, I, I'm going to wait a month before I check my antibodies just to see, and just for academic purposes, I'll look at it every few months just to kind of see, but, um, you know, uh, there's other things out there that can you can get sick with, like flu, strep, MRSA. I mean, you know, we live in a world full of germs. So, um, so practice good hygiene and uh, certainly um, just use common sense. If you're really sick and coughing all over everybody, stay out of work. You know, don't, and, don't spread it. And Rachel's asking, does the vaccine give you antibodies? And that's a, that's a very good question. You know, I've seen a few people with some antibodies that didn't think they had COVID, at least didn't test for it. But the vaccine is not a good producer of antibodies that will show up on this test that we do. I'm currently kind of testing people, and I'm going to run my own little survey about where the titers are with people that truly had COVID versus the people that hadn't and they had the vaccine. So that works in progress. But so far, I really haven't seen uh, much at all titers with the, the people that have had the vaccine. Um, and again, a lot of people um, didn't know they had COVID and they have good antibodies. Um, so a lot of people have COVID and never had a symptom. Um, one question that, that came in throughout the week that it came actually came from a couple of different people was, uh, should you still get the antibodies if you tested positive six days ago? And this is referring to the monoclonal yeah, antibodies. Right. Yes, so, I would. If, if I had risk factors, I would. Again, if you're young and healthy um, without comorbid diseases, you probably don't need them. Um, but you certainly can get them uh, weak. Really, I've seen them give them up to 10 days. But um, And that's, that's the question is when is it too late to get the monoclonals? Yeah, I, I'm not even sure they'll give them to you after about 10 days. But, okay. Um, you know, when did you get COVID? So that's that's the question. Uh, you may have had it for a while before you came down with symptoms. Um, but I think the earlier you get it, the better. Um, if you look at my note from today, you'll look at you'll see a lot of the little strategies that that I used um, uh, for COVID and. Uh, 
I think they worked really well. Um, this question right here uh, is uh, along the lines of the monoclonal antibodies. Um, the question is, like, how do you know if it's necessary? Uh, should you just go by risk factors, or if you do qualify, is it just an easy yes? Yeah, it's an easy yes. I'd go ahead and get them. Okay. Um, you know, if you're if you're old like me, if you have diabetes, if you're oh, you know, obese, overweight, really with the with the sub Q shots, anybody with a BMI over twenty five qualifies. That's most people. So you can't be faulted by getting monoclonals. Um, I really don't think they, they push them enough, to be honest with you. They keep pushing the jab over the treatments for some reason um, when that's not causing you not to transmit it or get it. So um, I, I really like this question um, because we're uh, everybody's kind of wanting to travel more, especially over the holidays. Uh, and I believe they're, go they're going out of the country. Um, so... Uh, clearly, we can't take everything with us that you use to treat yourself. So what would be your top four things for us to have with us if we were to get sick out of the country? And and I do believe, um, and this came from the, the the same person, I'm taking my 15 milligram ivermectin in my kit to Mexico. If I were to get sick there, should I take one of those a day? Um, they weigh 120 pounds. Uh, can you kind of, um, yeah. I guess, solidify what you would do if you were traveling? Yeah, I would definitely take a travel kit. So take your ivermectin. Um, usually for prevention, we use 0.2 milligram per kg. So that's about, in your case, probably 12 to 15. So what I would do is take your ivermectin. And again, if you come down with COVID down there, double up on it. Take two of them daily, every day for five days. And I would definitely take vitamin D with me, take 50,000 a day for five days. I would take vitamin C, take at least two grams twice a day. You could actually take a gram of vitamin C every hour during the day while you, while you feel sick. You're not going to overdose on it. Um, and I'd take zinc for sure, um, you know, 50 usually and then 75, even up to 100 if you're heavy when you get it. Um, and I'll take a Z Zithromax. Again, uh, take two of the Z-Packs because I use a little higher dose with, um, I use 250 twice a day instead of uh, twice a day the first day, then once a day, day two through five. And I'd probably take some quercetin maybe with me, another one. And always take your other over-the-counter stuff like your melatonin, your Pepsid, your Zyrtec. So those we're, getting, we're getting way over four. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it. You know, some of those things you can use for sleep or acid indigestion as well. Um, now, now in, in all honesty, would you, if you were going out of the country, would you try to figure out a way to take all those uh, with you? Um, I'm not sure I'd take, well, I think you should always have a travel kit with you that includes um, something for an antibiotic like Zithromax or doxycycline with you. This is regardless of COVID. I'll always take uh, some Zofran in case you have vomiting. I'll always take some Imodium AD and take your vitamins as well. So you, you, you've got it kind of covered there. But certainly with COVID raging, take your Ivermectin and your uh, Zithromax and, and some Quercetin and, and your D for sure. And you'll be fine. Just and a test kit. Take you take yourself a, a couple of test kits as well. That's not a bad idea. Just, just I, I, I did not think about the um, 
Uh, can we put the chart back one uh, back up one more time, please? Um, we got a couple questions about that. Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's really interesting. Here's kind of the the, the immediate vitamin protocol, guys, uh, for you. Um, you know, if if you do come down with it, there's been a question uh, regarding if if you test positive over the weekend. Um, this is kind of what we're uh, telling everybody to do. So. Uh, so there you go. I'm going to find a couple other questions here. Let's see. Uh, how would you get, uh, this is for you, Doc, uh, how do you get a Z-Pack to take, uh, say they don't live um, uh, around a performance medicine uh, is it, is it pretty relatively easy to get a, a, a Z pack for, as a preventative? Um, um, yeah, I mean, most doctors, if you call them, they should be reasonable enough to, to give you a refill or um, something. Yeah. Get your refill. I mean, I don't know any doctor that wouldn't do that for you, to be honest, tell them you're going on a trip. Um, and in some of these countries, is it, it's probably an over-the-counter type thing. I bet you anything you can get one in Mexico without anything. Oh, that's funny. That's what uh, Deborah just said. In Mexico, you can buy over-the-counter. Um, thank you for that, Deborah. Um, that is super helpful. Uh, Corey, I see you. Uh, let's see. We're, we're going to get to some questions here in the in the comments here shortly. Uh, I do need to see. Have we answered? Um, do people who have had the vaccine and then infection, so this is kind of a, a double whammy. You've had the vaccine and you've had the natural, the infection. Uh, are they going to have higher antibodies than someone who, is, who has just had the natural infection? Probably not. Probably not. I haven't seen many high antibodies at all with the vaccine, um, you know, in my experience. But maybe someone has. I'm going to run a little survey on that. Because I check so many every day, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this fleshes out. But I know one thing: I'd, I'd certainly rather have the natural immunity than the than the vaccine. Um, the CDC came out with a statement a week or two ago, admitting that the vaccine didn't prevent transmission and um, didn't prevent you from getting the disease. Um, and you know, there's there's no doubt that innate immunity is the best way to go. Uh, that's just, that's in history. You can look at it and figure that out. Um, I, I do want to, and I, I believe, um, I believe you have this ready. Uh, we do want to see, we had a couple of people ask about, uh, and there's been questions throughout the, the weeks about the C plus the quercetin. Um, do you have with you yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, what, what you're taking? Yeah, here's, of course, the C that I take, which has a little bit of, um, quercetin, not nearly enough when you get COVID. So what I did, I take this daily. And then when I, then I took an extra 500 of this one when I got COVID. So now that you don't have COVID, are you just taking the, the vitamin yeah. C? Yeah. And this one in the life extension is a little more bioavailable too, apparently. So uh, I think it's fine. I think All it's right. Let's see here. Um, and that might that might be it through the week. Um, let's get to some some comments here. Uh, and if we miss you, um, just put a comment back in, um, and we'll we'll uh, hopefully somebody uh, will see it. Uh, let's see here. 
Um, if I can find a, a question. Let's see. Um, okay. Uh, sorry if I just erase somebody. I, we'll put the, whoever I erased, I'll put right back up. Um, this is about the probiotic, um, and the probiotic that we, we typically recommend is actually a, uh, it's a co-probiotic, and it's called Digest Shield. Um, you can look at that at shieldnutra.com. Uh, you have anything else you want to say about Digest Shield? Me? Yeah. Uh, well, I have it right here because I'm always taking it. <laughs> I love Digest Shield because it has the prebiotics, the five prebiotics, the 11 probiotics, digestive enzymes. Uh, to help you break down, especially your fats, uh, but also your carbs. Um, and it has a lectin blocker. It has a gluten blocker and a dairy blocker. So there's so many people that can't tolerate or are very sensitive to both the glutens and dairy. I'm one of them. And it's just allowed me to uh, really, I just love it because I don't have anything going on with my stomach or intestines anymore. And, and Belinda, if you want to check out just more about gut health in general, shieldnutra.com is a, a wealth of information um, on gut health and, and what's all in Digest Shield. Uh, but that is the one that, that, that we are talking about quite a bit. If you search Digest Shield and Dr. Rogers, you'll see uh, a lot of the information that we've put up uh, about it. Um, uh, this question is, had you all been taking the ivermectin as a preventative? Uh, yes. Um, we, we both have. I think I have for... Uh, maybe a year, you, you had 18 months, maybe? Um, no, about a year. A year? You know, I took hydroxychloroquine before that, but you know, um, yeah, but taking it weekly, I had bumped it up to twice a week for a while. Then I was back down to once a week and of course still got COVID and had a pretty good exposure to it. But, um, so it's not a hundred percent preventing, but I certainly think it did help me with the mildness of the disease when I got it. And certainly when I got it, I really popped it up, um, you know, at a, a lot higher dose. So, but yes, I had been taking it. And ivermectin really works at every stage, both for prevention, for treatment, and also for some long haulers. You know, I've had some long haulers that got immediately better when they started taking ivermectin as far as taste and smell. And I pretty much... You never lost your taste or smell, but I did. And just today I started getting a lot of my taste back. So that's a good thing. Um, Edna asks, uh, would having COVID cause a person who has low blood pressure all their life to develop high blood pressure? It can. It sure can. I've seen it several times. It puts a strain on your sympathetic nervous system. Um, and it kind of it kind of makes you overreactive. Some people even start getting nervous because of it. Yeah. Um, it's very important to be calm uh, when you have COVID and not get too hyped up and fearful because that just feeds into this overstimulation of your sympathetic nervous system. You need to stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system by deep breathing, meditation, prayer, and certainly getting in, in an infrared sauna, which I did every day. And I really, enjoyed that it, now it, you mentioned in the in the note today um you guys can can check that out uh on our website or we did a video uh on youtube but you mentioned luvox um is that is that part of the reason for luvox or or i know it has other properties that you like for COVID as it's well besides 
Yeah, uh, that's just for COVID. You know, Luvox is for OCD. It's a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So um, it's just proven to be really good for COVID. So I did get on it about day three or four and took it for a week. And I think it helped me whether it calmed my sympathetic nervous system down or what. It, it does. Uh, there's several studies that show it's really effective. Um, and there's a lot of other repurposed drugs that <clears throat> have shown to be effective for COVID, like um, Tricor, which we use for cholesterol, uh, triglycerides. Uh, somehow, it, it, I think it absorbs the COVID from your intestine, your GI tract. I didn't get a lot of GI symptoms with it, probably because I'm taking digestion twice a day. But you know, I didn't get any of the diarrhea or anything that a lot of people do with this because it definitely can inhabit your GI tract and throw it way off for a while. Yeah. You know, a lot of the long haulers that I've seen uh, have a lot of gut dysfunction. And um, certainly, there, and there's a new product that um, uh, IGY that I'm going to start looking at. It's a powder uh, for treating uh, gut dysbiosis and certainly treating long haulers uh, for not only gut dysfunction, but for just energy and recovery. But I'll, I'll probably do a, a note on that. I'm working, it's a, it's an, it's <clears throat> gets rid of the bad bacteria in your gut. It's, uh, made from, um, an egg protein, uh, but it's shown a lot of promise. It is super interesting. It's, it's called IGY. Um, you know, some of you guys might've heard of it, but we're going to be talking a little bit more about it as we learn more. Um, I, th I think we're going to, um, you might be testing it. Well, I think Andy might be testing on himself. Um, uh, so we're, we're kind of doing is. some internal testing, uh, with it at the moment. Um, Evangelon asks, what is the best way to increase natural production of DAO enzymes? Oh, that's a good question. Evangelon always gets, he gets me hard stuff. Man. I liked his, uh, his closet. I looked at your, yeah, he sent them that picture of man. your, 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 your vitamin closet was impressive. Yes. That was really impressive. I was impressed with that. Yes. Thank you the for variety and the stuff you have in there is phenomenal. <laughs> uh, when you get a picture of that and post it somewhere, Ben. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, diamine oxidase. That, that's a, that's kind of one of those enzymes that helps aid digestion it, it kind of I think the purpose of it is to keep that histamine uh, low and natural ways to increase production of you know I would say I don't know of any supplement that will increase it other than pre and probiotics I'll assume they do um, it, you know I don't know if you can even you know, I don't know if my lab measures it. I know that um, there's a ratio that um, I'm trying to think of where I got that before. Um, I'll have to do a little research on that. But other than taking a good pre and probiotic um, and, and keeping your overall immune system, if, from the looks of your closet, I mean, everything you take in there has got to help. Um, I saw a lot of gut stuff in there too that really looked good, but um, I don't know. I'd say just keep your stress levels down too. I mean, I think stress affects your gut as much as anything. Mm -hmm. 
you know, getting that vagal tone good, you know, with your parasympathetic nervous system. And I, I assume things like L-theanine, uh, ginseng, um, maybe ashwagandha, rhodiola, uh, or things that could help that. And I suspect even uh, some of your mushrooms could do, uh, could do the same thing like chaga. Um, but don't quote me on that. I'll have to do a little more digging in. Um, I, we, we, we keep a running list of, of things we need to do a little more digging on and, and, uh, ben, when, when you do your podcast this week, uh, yes. with Dr. Sam is our nature path that we consult with a lot. Why don't you ask her that question? I will. And that way Evangeline can be looking out for that. Uh, that's your outside the box podcast. We'll do another one with her. I think this week. Yeah, we're doing a um, an outside the box episode with with a, um, a naturopath that we love in East Tennessee, and and um, and she's great with herbals. So if you if you guys have herbal questions that you'd like me to ask, um, you can uh, just put them in the comments there, or you can send me an email, Ben at performancemedicine.net. We're going to try to make that uh, episode super super valuable. Um, real quick, let's let's get to to this one because I I uh, I know. Probably people are thinking this. Uh, a D-hammer every day for five days, that's not dangerous. I'm assuming a D-hammer meaning the, the vitamin D shot, um, which is 50,000 units of, of vitamin D. Um, if I'm wrong on that, Nola, let me know. Uh, but I'm going to assume that's what you mean. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, oh, that's fine. That's fine. I've heard of people taking 150,000 a day for five days. and you know, I don't think I've ever seen a calcium rise because of taking too much vitamin D. Um, so, no, that's that's totally fine. You don't worry about it at all. Um, you're not going to get toxic on that for five days. You'd have to take, I think you'd have to take something like 30,000 IUs a day for months and months and months to get toxic. The only per person I've ever heard that got toxic on on vitamin D was uh, infants that their parents overdosed and they thought that they gave them the whole dropper full several times a day instead of one drop. And, and they had some problems with that after weeks and weeks of that. But uh, so that's, that's the only instance where I've ever heard of it um, causing a real problem. So um, I, certainly for the short periods of time, it's not going to hurt you to take much more than that. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Beverly asks, I can't take quercetin due to renal problems. Uh, what should I substitute? Um, well, you know, really one of the functions of quercetin is to get the zinc down into the cell to kill the virus. And another way you can do that is by using hydroxychloroquine. Um, hydroxychloroquine, which I've used sometimes in, con in concert with ivermectin, usually not necessary, but for people with a lot of risk that um, I'm not worried about a cardiac event, which is so rare, it's unbelievable. So, um, you know, you, you, could, you could take, if you've got COVID, again, I wouldn't worry about it if you don't, if, if you don't have COVID. Um, I wouldn't worry about taking quercetin in your case. I mean, you may take some elderberry. That may help a little bit. Uh, but good question. Um, all right. Thank you for that. Um, so real, real quick digestion question from Roel. 
um, taking digestion and got gassy. Is that normal? Are you seeing any of that, Doc, in office? I've seen a couple people when they first started taking it. They had a hard time getting used to it. So I would suggest taking it once a day for a week and then go to the normal dose of twice a day. You can even go three times a day. But definitely, um, I've seen it cause it in a couple of cases, um, but it's rare. It usually does the opposite. Um, all right. Thank you for thank you for that, and thank you for that. Um, I, I believe that was uh, Keto Bandito who might, might even might even try. Um, uh, yeah, sauerkraut's cheap, and that's a great great answer to that. Sauerkraut's so good, uh, but you may even try a little semethicone with the Digest Shield if it does make you gassy. It's called Gas X. Can you say that word one more time? Semethicone, semethicone, which is the active ingredient in, in Gas X. Uh, so you may try that along with the Digest Shield uh, as you get used to it. I assume you get used to it. Um, uh, and as a follow-up to her, her original question, will the high blood pressure go back to normal? Um, that's if uh, it's a COVID-caused um, increase in blood pressure. It should. It may take a while. Um, you know, long COVID can take a lot of different forms. It can certainly throw your hormones off. It can throw your gut off. Um, you know, it can make you tired. It can give you headaches, make you dizzy, give you pot syndrome, throw your adrenals off. Um, but, you know, if you do everything else and you follow a long COVID protocol, which probably is going to include some ivermectin and maybe some short-term steroids, um, then yes, it, it should return to normal. You know, if it, if it wasn't caused by anything else. Um, um, okay, so Joanna's asking, um, thank you for treating me. Thank you for coming in, Joanna. Uh, or not coming in and doing this over the phone. Uh, I tested positive on November 17th and did well on your protocol. Um, that's amazing. Uh, I still have a little cough and a pulse rate, uh, 90 to 105. Uh, anything I can do to help with that? Um. Yeah, I mean, it, probably on eleven seventeen. Um, probably what we ought to do is treat you with ivermectin uh, a couple times a week uh, for right now. Um, the cough, um, hopefully, it's not productive. If it's productive, I mean, you could get a, a secondary bacterial infection on top of that, and I'll put you on some doxycycline for a short period of time along with maybe a short course of steroids. Um, now, the pulse rate of that's a little higher than usual. Hopefully, you're not running fever. But, you know, we've seen some, some POTS develop from COVID, which is postural orthostatic tachycardic syndrome. And generally, that's a situation where when you're laying down and get up, your heart rate really goes high, you know, inordinately high for what it needs to be while your blood pressure remains the same. Um, you know, people think you need a tilt table to diagnose this at a cardiologist's office, but really you can kind of take your own blood pressure and pulse laying flat and then getting up and waiting a minute. If your heart rate gets up to 150 or so, you may have POTS. And there are medicines that we use for, uh, to calm that tachycardic down. A Vabradine is a medicine that I've used in several cases for that. Um, you know, sometimes uh, I use a, a really small dose of a beta blocker like metoprolol. 
Um, yeah. I'd be interested to see what your blood pressure changes are. Uh, metoprolol has even been studied in uh, ventilator patients with COVID, and it's really helped them get off the vent sooner. Um, it, calms, it calms that sympathetic nervous system down, lowers your heart rate, relaxes you. So certainly, if that persists, um, you know, uh, you may need to come in and let me take a look at you too. You know, I've, I've uh, ordered a lot of chest x-rays as well, just to make sure you don't still have a fluffy infiltrate. There's so much pneumonia with COVID. I mean, if it, if it gets in your lungs and you have a lot of coughing and you get pretty, you probably had COVID pneumonia. And sometimes it takes a while for that uh, x-ray picture to clear up. Mm. I've seen that a lot. I mean, month down the line or so. So, um, you know, it could be a lot of factors. Certainly, uh, it can throw your thyroid off as well and your adrenals. So it'd be, it'd be a good idea probably to come in and get some blood work and maybe have me send you down for a chest X-ray and, and look at your O2 sats. Keep an eye on your oxygen levels with your O2 sat monitor and your blood pressure. And certainly that's treatable and it should get back down to normal uh, pretty quickly. Um, okay, so this is a, a quick um, no smell and faint taste. Uh, three months post-COVID, still no smell and very faint taste. Uh, what can I do to maybe get it back? Um, well, for, I'd probably take some ivermectin a couple times a week. I'd certainly use Flonase, uh, nasal inhaler. Um, I would use zinc. Zinc helps. About 75 milligrams of zinc. Um and somebody told one of my patients told me today to to burn an orange. <laughs> and I haven't and, heard that. Start smelling a burned orange, and that may get your smell back a little a little sooner. Uh, but do try those things and see if they work. I mean, I've had people a year out that still can't smell anything. Usually, taste I think comes back a little bit sooner than smell does. But uh, try those things. Yeah. Um, I, we're we're going to take just a couple more questions, guys. We're going to get out of here. Uh, this is one. Let's see. My dad is 85 and unvaccinated, diabetic, has AFib on blood thinners and uh, Amertone. Uh, he is limited on what all medicine he can take. Is there any of the vitamins you would suggest he take or not take? Uh, could he take ivermectin as a preventative? Um, seems that uh, he's uh, in fear of COVID. Uh, what's your What's your quick thoughts on that? Is that, I see your picture up there. Is that your dad in that picture with you? If, if so, at 85, he looks great for 85. <laughs> I don't think that's your dad. But anyway, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yes, yeah, certainly um, he should, he should be really careful about, <laughs> I didn't think that was your dad. I was just trying to kid you. Um, it's probably your husband. He's probably insulted by me. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, so the que put that question back on there. Uh, let's um, as, see far as, here. as far as what should he do to, can he take ivermectin? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll call him in some ivermectin without hesitation. Uh, and he should do it, the other stuff too, along with, the, of course, the vitamins. And the D, the C, and the zinc for sure. Um, there's no vitamin that I would tell him not to take, except if he is on blood thinners and amiodarone, um, certainly should not take hydroxychloroquine. Um, but 
and he should be limited as far as omega-3s uh, because they can act as a blood thinner. So can vitamin E. Um, but, you know, I, I think he, he could definitely take ivermectin as a preventive. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, not get around a lot of people right now with this thing surging like that. Certainly shouldn't get around anybody who's been recently vaccinated. Don't think because they've had the vaccine, they can't give it. Um, so, um, but be very aware. You know, I'm not a, totally against the vaccine for everybody. I mean, there's some people that maybe should take it. Um, you know, there's certain demographics where I'm not against it. The benefits may outweigh it, but we know it's not preventing transmission. We know it's not preventing you from catching it. Um, so the best bet is to, uh, not catch it. Um, and the other thing I would think about doing in his case is using betadine mouthwash and nose spray. You can actually get betadine nose spray. I just ordered some for the office the other day. And that's another thing I did. If you look on my protocol, when I had COVID, um, it definitely can kill out the virus that comes up your nose. So I think those two things, the X-Clear works pretty good too, but I think the Betadine probably works better um, at, you know, prevention of this thing. Um, so I hope that helps you, you know, I hope he certainly doesn't get it, but if he does, immediate treatment, you know, with monoclonals and, you know, the full money. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, Kevin, I, I see your, your comment there. We'll, get, we'll have somebody get in contact with you. Uh, over here. We apologize about that. Um, let's, let's see here. I, I want to get to Mark's question because this is uh, an Omicron uh, variant. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for uh, the kind emails uh, throughout this week um, with your thoughts and prayers. That means a lot to us. Um, Mark asks, uh, study 12121 from South Africa suggests the Omicron Omicron variant is more than three times as likely to reinfect people as previous COVID variants. Does this ability to evade immunity from prior infection affect treatment protocols? No, you know, it's still use the same treatment protocol. I mean, you still have the spike protein. You may have a lot of other junk around that spike protein, but certainly um, I've read that too. But, you know, um, if you read this stuff out of South Africa, nobody's getting really too sick with this at all. You know, we know the vaccine doesn't work for it. Um, which we don't think it does, um, but the treatment still goes on. You still want to do your, your treatment. There's no reason that the treatment shouldn't work. Um, now, whether it's infecting people that have already had COVID, real COVID, we'll just, we'll just have to see. Uh, you know, um, we know it's a lighter version, so uh, the, kind of the jury's out on that. Um, so great question, Mark. Um, uh, thank you for that, Mark. And, and I'm going to put this up. Um, we'll put the, for Lori, we'll put the names of the no spray. We'll put those in the comments, uh, here once we, once we end the show. Um, and the answer for the, you do need a prescription for hydrochloroquine, um, Johnny. And, and I'm going to put uh, this up from, from Mike, because I, I think it might help some people. Uh, so thank you, Mike, for putting this up. Um, so the situation is, uh, they're in Florida. Uh, a few of the people in the family tested positive, and it seems that there are people who were exposed that were also able to get monoclonal antibodies. 
Um, so, you know, that's a, another option for being um, proactive uh, with this. Uh, you know, I know Doc's a huge fan of monoclonals. So uh, you got anything else to add to that, Doc? No, it's, it's great. I, I'm glad they, they gave them to her. Um, and again, I will emphasize that if you have symptoms and you have a negative test, do another test. Sometimes it, it won't show right off the bat. I'm all for home testing. I really like that because um, you get a quick answer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some evidence that monoclonals may even be a prophylactic treatment for those that are recently exposed. Also, you know, a, a dose of ivermectin on exposure when you find out they have it, and then two days later is also another effective strategy. Um, that you can do. Um, thank you for that, Mike. Real quick, uh, Carol asks, what can you tell me about Lipitor? Uh, any side effects or interactions with vitamins or supplements? And this will be our last uh, question of the, of the night, and I'll address some of the other um, in-office type stuff here in a second. Uh, what can you tell me about Lipitor? Any side effects or interactions with vitamins or supplements? Um, no. What you got to work, Lipitor is a statin drug to bring cholesterol down. And... Um, what I can tell you about it is that before you get on it, make sure you need it um, because it has a lot of side effects. Um, and the thing about the vitamins, it won't interact with the vitamins, but it'll definitely deplete your vitamin CoQ10. So if you if you have to take a statin drug, uh, certainly uh, take vitamin CoQ10 with it. Um, that's one of those things we measure on our Cleveland Heart Panel. But you know, Lipitor or any statin can certainly cause muscle aches, myalgias, all the way up to rhabdomyolysis, which it can destroy your muscles. It can increase your chances of having diabetes, increase your risk of um, having dementia. I'm not saying some people don't need it. So if you have established heart disease, then in a really ugly lipid profile, then I'm not against um, a low-dose statin. You know, I prefer a more water-soluble one like Crestor or Suvastatin over Lipitor. A lot of the studies have been done with Lipitor, um, and it, it's pretty potent. So if you have to take it, I suggest small doses. But it's really not going to interact with any of these vitamins that I know of off, off the bat, but it will deplete your CoQ10. So make darn sure that you need the statin before they put you on it because uh, statin drugs are not without side effects. Um, but anyway, uh, I just brought some of this. Of course, the X-Lear, uh, everybody knows that. And here's the, the other Betadine nose spray that I was able to get a hold of. I actually ordered this. And I think we may have some in the office. But, and also got some uh, Betadine mouthwash down at Max. That's where I got that. And we will, we'll, we'll put stuff. those we'll put those in the comments. I, I see D. Lynn put the Exler Rescue. Thank you for that, D. Lynn. Um, yeah. And real quick, want to put this uh, put this up. Thank you for thank you for this, Lee. Huge shout out to Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's uh, the one behind the scenes uh, often here on 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 Tuesdays, uh, and has been a big part of um, you know the team um, trying to help as many COVID uh, patients as possible. So huge shout out to Katie tonight. Thank you for that, Lee. Uh, for mentioning that, um, I see I see Savannah. Uh, Savannah, we'll, we're gonna we'll figure out how to help you with the preventative ivermectin. We we put the um, uh, ivermectin treatment. That means uh, somebody with uh, COVID uh, a COVID positive. 
kind of ahead of ahead of line of the preventative stuff. Um, but but we'll have somebody reach out to you uh, and help you out. And I see you, Kevin, as well. Uh, for those of you who are having trouble uh, getting in uh, uh, with phone calls and stuff like that, we certainly uh, apologize. Um, and you know, I, I would just encourage you to continue to reach out. You can email us. Um, we're doing the best we can uh, with with uh, with what we what we have right now. Um, but we're going to get to everybody. Um, so thank you for putting that in the comments. Uh, this show is also another way to kind of um, get our uh, get our attention. Uh, that way we can uh, help as many people as possible. Um, so and Roel, uh, we'll put we'll put this the the mouthwash as well as the nasal spray uh, in the comments. Uh, Dr. Rogers, been awesome, man. Thanks Thank so much. You look great, um, guys. Uh, we love you, Mike. I see you. Thanks so much for for being here, uh, Lisa. Thank you, guys. Um, Roel. Uh, Evangelon, thank you for, for everybody who comes out uh, every single Tuesday. Thank you guys for sharing uh, the podcast and sharing the, the, the live stream we do every Tuesday. Uh, Katie, thank you for, for being in the comments. Uh, Jenny, mother, thank you for being in the, in the green room uh, moderating. Uh, we certainly appreciate all you guys. We appreciate all the performance medicine team who is, uh, who is in office every single day. Uh, helping as many people as possible. Uh, I saw Rachel in here tonight. We often have Robin in here, Andy. Uh, gosh, I could, uh, Olivia, Julie, Margaret, the whole crew, Ben C. Uh, we really appreciate you guys in the office. Don't want to forget uh, Ernie, it Lori. Sounds like you're, it sounds like you're wrapping up an Academy Awards show. <laughs> Come on. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my cue. I love you guys. Barbara, thank you for saying that. Katie's the best. Um, we'll see you guys next week, uh, same time, 7 p.m. Tuesday night. Uh, hope everybody stays healthy. Uh, if you need anything, put in the comments. We'll get to you later on tonight. We're out. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.